Welcome to Power Conversations at RBL Bank. This is a special edition series when we are, where we are in conversation with inspiring women founders who will share with us their startup journeys. In today's episode of Leading Ladies, we are very happy to welcome Neha Bagaria, CEO and founder, Jobs for Her. Jobs for Her is India's leading portal that aims to bring women on a break back to the workforce. Neha, after graduating from Wharton School of Business, founded her first startup, educational startup Paragon. Thereafter, she has worked with a biopharma manufacturing company, Kemwell. And in 2015, she launched Jobs for Her. Neha has also been recognized by the Forbes India as 25 inspiring women entrepreneurs and trailblazers in 2018. Hi, Neha. A very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much, Devika. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. As someone who herself has taken a three-year break after a 15-year career, I understand the importance of what Jobs for Her does to get women back to the workforce. But I would like to know from you, what is it that you were trying to solve and what inspired you to launch Jobs for Her? When I started Jobs for Her, it was for a very simple problem statement uh, with a very complex solution, okay, which I was determined to find, which was that how do we ensure that this entire female brain drain that is happening from the Indian workforce, how do we reverse that? Yeah, how do we ensure that the uh, women who are dropping out in these huge throngs from the workforce, and by the way, about 50% of Indian women drop out of their careers within three years of starting work. How do we ensure that when they are ready to get back to work, uh, we find them a path back into employment, yeah? And uh, when I started delving into the problem, you know, I realized that it was a very multi-stakeholder problem. We had to, and the biggest solution to the problem was to changing mindsets around that brick. Uh, so, uh, for example, when I started talking to women, I found out, to, much to my uh, shock, that women were being advised that they need to hide that gap in their residence. Okay, it was almost like they were being made to feel ashamed about the fact that they had taken a break in their careers. And I was appalled by that because look at the reasons why women take a break. It's usually because they want to be there for their families, right? Most likely it's motherhood. Uh, it could be because they have relocated. It could be elderly care. All reasons that we need to applaud them and appreciate them and make sure that they feel confident when they're getting back. The second big mindset change that had to happen, of course, was from the mind of employers. Yeah. Um, when we started talking to companies, there were enough companies who told us that, hey, we don't want to hire uh, mothers. We don't want to hire a woman taking a break in her career. They don't have updated skills. And when we started making them realize all the positives that that woman brings along with her, that's when we started seeing change happen. So one important thing that we did when we started Jobs for Her was that we didn't look at it as any sort of CSR or any sort of social reasons for which a company should hire a woman returning. We went after it as any business should. Yeah, we made them realize why this is important for their bottom lines and how it will help them grow better in their performance if they have this great talent pool joining them. The third stakeholder, which was very important, was also the entire education industry to make them realize how important it is for them to come up with programs by which they can reskill women who are on a break. Because these women usually have great amount of experience, a great amount of knowledge. 
they just need refresher courses to be able to get back and the fourth big stakeholder was families and society how do we make them feel proud that hamare ghar ki bahu or you know that woman in our house works instead of feeling that that's a bad thing and it shows badly onto them so i think the frankly for the first four years we only focused on changing these mindsets in a 360 degree in order to make sure that women can get back to work those are very important uh, insights neha and uh, insights that i would like to delve deeper into with you going forward in our conversation uh, however before we do that uh, could you help us comprehend what is the indian landscape like compared to the global landscape when it comes to women in the workforce one secondly what are the major trends that you see or you can share with us regarding the same you know the outlook is pretty bad i mean where india stands today compared to the rest of the world is atrocious uh, for our women of the workforce participation okay in india we have only 25% women participation in the workplace versus a country like china which has 65% and usa which has 55% yeah if you see the gdp contribution of women in india it is amongst the lowest of all countries even middle east and north africa is higher than india when it comes to gdp contribution by women in the economy um and i mean the biggest reason for this is extremely societal yeah because uh, frankly uh, the big problem that our previous generation solved our mothers solved was to ensure that the education of the girl child problem is taken care of today mm-hmm. so 40% of the graduates are women which is incredible but out of those 40 women only eight even pursue a career and out mm-hmm. of those then four drop out so today the mindset has been that you know that education is important to find a good husband and not a good job and once you found a good husband you know your work is done um so which is why i mean the whole contribution of women to our economy is extremely low but on the flip side the potential benefit is also huge i mean yeah. there are uh, reports that show that if we can get uh, more women into the workplace the amount that india's gdp can rise is more than anywhere any other country in the world yeah um so even though our current condition is very bleak the outlook is very great yeah and because we also have this talent pool which is educated and capable and ready to be able to participate in the workplace um some other trends that we are seeing which is actually making a huge difference to getting more women to participate in the workplace has been this big move towards work from home um you know before pre covid we used to always joke that companies behave like you know flexibility is a new effort <laughs> and like we used to tell women to just don't use the word flexibility in your job interview but suddenly covid made everybody realize that hey you know this whole flexible working working from home it works and in fact it actually uh, leads to greater productivity greater employee satisfaction and lower the cost that companies have to entail when it comes to infrastructure costs commuting costs travel costs etc now because of that i think your outlook of getting more women into the workplace is suddenly going to rise hugely just because of the flexibility that they are going to have now in being able to balance all the different priorities that they have in their lives okay 
Um, the other big trend that we're seeing is the push of getting more women into leadership roles. So today, if you see the other graph, which is a very sad graph, is that even those companies that have women in their uh, in their part uh, women participating in the workforce, they usually have about thirty percent women at the entry level, but that drops to ten percent at the managerial level, and then you know in single numbers in the C suite. Now companies are realizing that we need to figure out how we can get more and more women into the managerial roles and then work on developing that talent to leadership levels because they're realizing that the kind of leadership skills that women bring on the table are extremely complementary and extremely essential given the times that we live in. So I think if you look at some of the trends of the future, you're definitely going to have higher workplace participation thanks to flexibility and a push towards getting more women at leadership levels. Uh, so thanks, Neha, for providing this insight. I think very valuable again. But uh, I would also like you to, uh, you know, ex uh, share with us what are the changes or what are what policies do you see corporates now adopt that have that will help a attract more women talent and retain and grow that talent. Are there any specific policies you are seeing come in play today? Sure, absolutely, Devika. In fact, uh, you'll be happy to know that every year, Jobs for Her hosts something called the Diversity Awards, yeah, where we collect uh, information from about 300 plus companies across India, where they tell us about the different policies, programs, uh, initiatives that they have in place to be able to attract, retain, and accelerate their women's careers. Um, and we've seen a lot of interesting insights coming in through that, and I'd be happy to share some of it. You know, first and foremost, um, companies are looking at how they can have strong family-friendly policies, not necessarily women-friendly policies, because it's important for us to realize that, hey, if we want women to succeed in their careers, we need the family to be able to also take care of enough of the care caregiving responsibilities. So besides for maternity leave policies, for example, which in India is, you know, uh, uh, ordained to be six months, companies are also looking at having paternity leave policies so that the spouse of the employee who they give paternity leave to will be able to get back to work sooner. They're even going one step further where they're saying it doesn't even matter if maternity leave or paternity leave, they're just calling it parental leave. The other thing that companies are looking from a policy point of view are definitely looking at incorporating a lot of flexibility into their policies, not being very stringent when it comes to, you know, that you have to be in the office from 9am to 6pm from Monday to Saturday, but figuring out how can they have flexi timings, uh, flexi venue, uh, flexi hours, etc. so that they can attract the best talent and retain them. You know, today, the workplace is built by men, for men, of men, yeah? If we want that average working person to change from being a man to being a man or a woman, we need to change the rules of the game, yeah? So uh, even the leadership development programs, they're understanding what are the core needs that women have? What are the obstacles that they have, which they are facing? How do we help them overcome that so that they can flourish as leaders? Or if you take networking uh, uh, rules of the game in the workplace, prior, prior to this networking, it was usually done, you know, in bars or over a smoke break or over golf, again, by men, for men. How do we change 
the nature of networking to ensure that women feel comfortable. It works with women's lifestyles and they get to benefit from it. So because it's so important to, uh, to gain that accession into your career. That's a very important uh, comment that you made, uh, Neha, regarding GDP growth being directly proportionate to getting more women in the workforce. And I think this is something that the government also recognizes and is focused on. Having said that, Neha, uh, do let us know what are the kind of roles that and job opportunities that you see emerging for women on Jobs for Her? Are these roles across various levels of seniority, across all types of industries, and across all types of uh, categories. And by that, I mean, are these roles which are largely in the support functions or the frontline functions? And how many of these are leadership roles that emerge for women? Great. No, Devika, I, uh, that's a great question. And there's definitely a big difference that we are seeing, you know, between different industry types, different companies, etc. I think um, this entire race to get a higher diversity in the workplace is definitely being led by the multinational companies. So um, the multinationals are doing huge amount of effort in terms of having a lot of different returning programs specifically for women returnees, having a lot of leadership development programs for women, having a lot of great family-friendly policies to make it a very strong environment for women to get nurtured in. We're also seeing a lot of large Indian companies also realizing the importance of diversity and start making that an important part of the agenda as they grow forward. However, there's still a lot of cultural mindset change that needs to be happened. Yeah, if I were to uh, say the truth, in fact, you know, for example, one of the companies uh, that came to us, one of the large Indian companies and told us that, you know, we are so happy and proud to tell you that we have done this entire research and survey to figure out exactly which jobs in our organization will be a good fitment for women. And we want you to help us source for those jobs. And, you know, I was taken aback and I told them that I'd love to get those jobs on the platform, but I actually want to get every job of yours on my platform because there is really no job which is not a good fitment for a woman. And I feel like those kind of mindset changes still need to be pushed harder when it comes to the Indian companies. Here, I want to do a special mention of the fact that there are startups, yeah, which are very progressive and they realize the value of having very strong, committed, dedicated talent in their workplace. Um, in fact, you know, one of the first returning programs that I saw a startup launch was uh, by PayU on the job server platform. And it was great to see them also leading the force and saying that we want to get more and more women in, in uh, our companies. Um, now, when it comes to the type of roles that I'm seeing companies go after more when it comes to women, um, there are certain areas where your pipeline of women candidates is lower. Yeah. So, for example, when it comes to tech, you will have a huge number of women in more of your vanilla skill sets. But when you look at your niche skill sets, there are less women there because of the need for constant upskilling and updating that is required. Where if a woman has dropped out of the workplace or if a woman has not invested in her constant learning, she's not updated in the most latest technologies. So at JobServe, we are actually doing a lot of different initiatives to be able to upskill women to be able to match those requirements. But there will obviously be some lag, some time to be able to create that kind of pipeline and talent pool. Other areas where you know you see a lot of bias against that this is not a job for women are of course areas like manufacturing, 
you know, uh, the government has also made it difficult for women to be employed many times in manufacturing because of the kind of stringent rules that they have for the shift timings. Yeah, and what all a company needs to do if they have women in shift timings. Um, third, areas that we need to defunct, of course, are things like sales. You know, many companies will feel like sales is not a woman's job, even though, frankly, a woman is fantastic at sales. Like my entire sales team at Jobsoho is comprises of women. Uh, we are trying our best to get women to get more involved and sit at the table when it comes to the business side and the product side and initiative yeah. side. But we are still some time away from that. No, I completely I'm with you on this, Neha. In fact, one of my ex-CEOs, uh, used to be very clear saying that relationship management, I would like women to be at the front because their empathy makes them better at relationship management than men, which is a fact. Multitasking and empathy is known to be far more in women, right? So, uh, so this whole myth about women not being good at sales is actually a myth and has, as it should be. It's good to know that it's changing. So Neha, one question, which is a driving question apart from gender parity is pay parity. And, uh, you know, I would, uh, I would really like to hear your views about that. Sure, Divika, yeah, that's a very, very difficult uh, area that absolutely has to be solved because if we want women to feel motivated enough to get into the workplace, work really hard and rise in their careers, they need to feel that they're being compensated well enough for all their efforts, yeah? And again, like anything, this is also a multi-stakeholder problem that needs to be solved. First and foremost, it begins with that woman. Yeah, we've had years of, um, you know, uh, training where women are told to be humble, you know, to play down, you know, their, their successes, to make it feel like a team effort. Uh, so they don't come to the, that negotiation table with a lot of I, 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 yeah. Second, there's this big likability complex that we all have. You know, we want our colleagues to like us. We want our bosses to like us. We want everybody to like us. So we don't then fight hard enough for what is it that we truly want and how we should be well compensated. We need to realize that both are achievable. Yeah, we need, we need to be recognized as that fearless leader who made sure that she got what she deserved and gain respect along with a lot of likes. Third is from a company point of view, where they need to realize that, you know what, a lot of problems have crept in, in terms of pay parity for many reasons, which were not badly intentioned, yeah? At the end of the day, again, every interview is a negotiation. Now at the negotiation, if the man has negotiated hard, okay, he has managed to get to start off at this higher salary, that woman has not negotiated. She has been okay with anything that was given to her. So she has started at a lower salary. And then that has become a problem year on year because every new job that you get into, the first question they ask is, what was your last CTC? And they give you a hike on top of that. So a company needs to realize that, hey, a lot of this needs to be corrected. In fact, one of the companies on our platform, EY, they did a huge survey on this. And then in one shot, Okay, they made sure all their women were, at, were given the same salaries as the men, which is a big move to take and a big stand to take. And in order to also do that and to make sure that this doesn't creep in in the future, there have been, in fact, in America, a lot of states where they have made it illegal to even ask an employee what their previous uh, salary level was because they want to stem this pay parity. Yeah, 
coming to the pandemic neha you mentioned that there have been significant changes that you have seen in the during the pandemic right what could you share with us what are the key shifts that you've seen emerge in the pandemic and also do you think that work from home uh, has been favorable for women in the workforce so so devika there's a, a short term uh, answer to this uh, question and there's a long term answer to this question yeah in the short term it has been really difficult um the pandemic outbreak has been difficult for everybody but it has particularly been difficult for working women because uh, now with schools being becoming online you know and everybody being at home the kind of boundaries that we had between our work life and our home life and our family life all those boundaries have gotten eradicated everybody is in their homes trying to find a space by which you know they can work and study and that women's career somehow always takes last priority okay compared to say the husband's career or the children's school or the family's uh, needs in the house etc uh, so in the short run it has actually been far greater struggle for women to be able to stay as productive as they were when they were going into an office space yeah um, and thus to be able to keep their jobs but there have been a lot of other interesting trends that have happened during this time which in the long run will actually help us in getting more and more women into the workplace and I'd love to like focus more on that part you know first and foremost i think families have realized that that dual income is extremely important yeah because if the job of the primary uh, breadwinner of the house has suddenly become a question mark they have a trained qualified capable resource sitting in their homes they need to figure out how do they get behind her career and get the double income into the family and what women really need is that family support for their careers to flourish so this has been a great time second of course work from home is a game changer yeah now that companies have been forced to realize that work from home works they will suddenly not have this huge mental barrier that they had about taking women in yeah third when it comes to this work from home part the kind of job opportunities that it has opened up for women who are also in tier 2 tier 3 cities is also huge because now suddenly companies don't need that employee to be in the same city to be able to give them that opportunity and in india about 70% of women migrate after getting married and a big chunk of those women are actually sitting in tier 2 tier 3 cities where they have the capabilities but they don't have the job availabilities so the kind of opportunities that they have now have also shot up and they can find job as well fourth of course has been this whole push towards digitization yeah that's an extremely big trend that has happened because of the pandemic and we have seen a big shift happening on the plat- on our platform because of it you know suddenly pretty much every uh, industry that we had jobs coming in from and not just tech bfsi or education or healthcare or pharma or manufacturing retail all of them are posting jobs for tech talent yeah because everybody is looking at digitizing themselves so i do think that you know when when we have this conversation 5 years later we will feel that this was a watershed moment that got that changed the trajectory of women in the workforce in india i have a question to ask you what are the do you would you still advise women 
to take a break. If they do take a sabbatical or a break, what are the tips that you would give to them while they're on the break, right? To keep themselves upskilled and relevant. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, let me hear yeah. My second question to that is, what are the tips that you would uh, give to women who are coming back to the workforce after a break? Sure. Devika, I mean, look at us. I took a three and a half year break in my career. You just told me you took a three year break in your career. Yeah. And if I look back and I want to redo that decision, I would take that decision to take a break every time. Yeah. I'm actually extremely grateful that I had the choice to be able to do that. There are a lot of women who don't have the choice and they, you know, hunker down and keep moving and which is fantastic that they managed to do it. It is extremely important as women that we also realize the importance and priority of all the other parts of our life. Yeah. And I really hope that in the future, like when my sons grow up, I have two sons. I really hope when they grow up, they feel the same way about their families as well. Okay. One day I would want to have this conversation where we say that, is it okay for men to take a break? <laughs> yeah. Everybody should feel comfortable enough taking that break in their career if they so need to. And that will only happen if we ensure that the route back is also smooth and painless. Right now it is extremely painful and you know it is extremely uncertain. So one, I think it's important to have some sort of an end date to your career break, which can be a, based on a timeline or can be based on a milestone completion. Second is when, when you're on that break, no matter how difficult this sounds, you need to just stay updated. Okay, and, by, and to stay updated, you know, again, the world of technology makes it so easy for us to do it, yeah? Just make sure that every day, for example, for 20 minutes every day, you're reading up on what is happening in your uh, area of expertise, yeah? So that tomorrow when you're back from the break and you were in, like I was in marketing, I had no idea what, the, what digital marketing is all about, yeah? If I had just stayed updated every day, knew a little bit, it wouldn't feel so alien. Third is try to keep in touch with this professional network of yours. Yeah, I know it's very difficult, especially because if supposing if you're a new mother, all you want to talk to is you want to just talk to other mothers who know how difficult and challenging this experience is, but make an effort to keep that network alive. You know, it could be once a month coffee catch up with your ex-colleagues, your ex-boss, a 15 minute phone call, keep it, uh, uh, keep it alive. Fourth is please upskill yourself. The best way to use this break is to find ways to upskill yourself and gain some more certifications, which will then help you in your future career. Um, and of course, do never ever feel the need to justify why you took that break. Be proud. Uh, in fact, you need to flaunt the, the break. Yeah, instead of trying to hide it, flaunt it. So tell them about all the kind of skills that you picked up, the life skills that you picked up. It's been a very inspiring journey at Jobs with Her. I mean, we've heard you speak so passionately about uh, women and uh, women uh, career acceleration. Uh, but this journey would have had its uh, ups and downs. So I would like you to share with us what have been your key learnings uh, in the last five years. And... Uh, have there been moments when you felt very challenged? Wow. <laughs> of course, Devika. Absolutely. I don't think any startup founder's journey 
is uh, uh, is one without its challenges. Yeah, and the job search journey had just the additional challenge of the fact that we were trying to do something which you know nobody has done before, and uh, uh, you know people really questioned whether it really needs to be done and can be done. So I think um, just keeping like realizing that this is an extremely complex, difficult problem. Um, and frankly, with every step of the way, the problem seems to become bigger, not smaller. Because as we enter, so uh, the first four years, like I said, we spent a lot of time in just figuring out how do we change mindsets around that career break. Yeah, and we had a lot of headway over there. We got a lot of women to restart their careers, a lot of companies to uh, start returning internship programs just specifically for women returnees, a lot of educational companies to open up their doors to women returnees. So we saw a lot of headway over there. But as we completed that milestone, we started realizing the kind of problems that women who are currently in different workplaces are also facing. And we realized that if we don't solve that problem, then also our, our, you know, our solution to gender parity, to achieving gender parity in the workplace is not going to be complete. And when we took along that problem, that came up with, came with a whole different bunch of challenges because here we didn't only have to solve from an external point of view for what that woman needs to do for her career, but also from an internal company point of view on how do we create these family-friendly policies and programs within companies to help women accelerate their careers. Constantly keeping the naysayers at bay uh, was very challenging. Um, getting, you know, that uh, like the right talent pool also into the organization who will realize how important it is to create this high growth kind of an environment coupled with the social impact. That balance between the two has been a very big challenge. And of course, to, you know, top all of it, I myself had very little kids when I started job her. So there was this constant uh, guilt and fear and you know uh, confidence that I had to overcome as well to be able to get to where we are today. I think uh, women and guilt, that's the first thing that needs to be dealt with uh, when we are progressing in our careers for sure. Uh, so Neha, what has been your inspiration? I'm, you are an inspiring uh, founder, an inspiring woman leader, inspiring woman achiever. Who has inspired you? Well, actually, uh, Devika, my inspiration has really been Sheryl Sandberg. So when I was on that break, um, I read Lean In. I, of course, saw her TED Talk, then I read Lean In, and it's actually her book that opened up my eyes into what is happening when it comes to women in the workplace. Um, what I really loved about Cheryl's, you know, leadership brand is her uh, honesty her, and her candidacy, you know. I mean, for the CEO of Facebook to talk about all the different challenges that she has had as a woman in the workplace, it just suddenly makes you realize that, hey, you know what, I'm not the only one. There are a lot of other women like me who are facing this and more importantly, who have overcome this. So I think um, uh, that just her honesty, her frankness, uh, the way she has dealt with the different ups and downs that have happened in her professional career as well as her personal life has been a source of great inspiration. Great, um, Neha. Um, the last but not the least question which I would like to ask you is, 
what next for you and what next for jobs for her well so this uh, journey seems you know this is a journey of a thousand steps and i guess it starts with that single step and i feel like and i love amazon's phrase which is that you know it's always day one <laughs> um and even today you know we will be nearing 6 years in march and it still feels like day one because no matter how much work we have done so far i feel like there is so much still to be done it will take a lifetime to do it uh but in the near future what we really want to crack is ensuring that we can get more and more women in three specific spaces one is getting more women uh into to restart their careers to get more women in specific technology roles and to get more women in leadership roles because we feel like if we can crack these three the others will be much easier problems to solve uh and these are the areas that where there are huge gaps that need to be filled so first and foremost we need to ensure that more and more companies are hiring women returnees second when it comes to women in tech we need to figure out how we can get women to get upskilled in the latest technologies and get hired and third is to figure out how we can get women in leadership levels from an internal point of view for companies who already have women at say junior levels and how do we get them to go up or how do we also create the candidate pipeline of women leaders for other companies who want to increase numbers at that stage So these are the three areas that we will continue focusing on and uh, hoping to solve. Wish you all the best with that, Neha. Uh, to you and the entire team of Jobs for Her, may you guys grow from strength to strength because the work that you're doing and the change that you're bringing about is extremely important. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, thank you very much for this extremely insightful and inspiring conversation. I really I really enjoyed the chat as well so thank you for this